if we only do the things that we feel comfortable with, why the fuck are we getting out of bed in the morning? Why are we running a business? Welcome back to the Badass Roadmap. I'm Jess. I'm Mads. It's our sixth episode, and today we're really excited to talk about investing in your business and yourself. This is a podcast for creative business owners, and if you're here, it's maybe because you change your mind a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so on that topic, we've actually decided to change our minds today. Um, we had mentioned in our last episode that we were going to be talking about community in this episode. However... We will be talking about investments because, Jess, do you want to tell them why we're not talking about community? Yeah, because we are both going on a fun retreat uh, where we are both rebranding our uh, design businesses. Mm-hmm. And it's with Jelly Creative Co., who we have mentioned quite a lot in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so we felt like that would be such a good thing to talk about after um, as it relates to community because we will literally be building community and relationships while we're there and meeting a bunch of other people who are in the same design space. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it just it makes sense. It's interesting that we're going with like, I mean, I'm excited to meet new people. Um, I It's so funny because I've talked to Jamie once, <laughs> but I feel like I know her so well. Yeah, because uh, of me and, and Saba. Because of you and Saba. And then also, like, you and Saba will be there. So it's funny because, like, you guys are my OG design community mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, so it will be interesting to be there with you three. And yeah. also meet some new people and make some new friends. Um, mm-hmm. And so we had kind of thought, like, wouldn't that be fun to talk about community after we were fresh off of a weekend of community and see right. if there were, like, any new insights that we got from spending a weekend together because like I said I've talked to Jamie once Mm -hmm. um but (laughs) when we were talking it was so funny because both of us were like I feel like I know you I feel like I know you like (laughs) so it'll be interesting to see if like the dynamic is different when you're in the same room with someone yeah and I'm excited to talk about community too because I feel like you and I both have built our own communities Mm -hmm. and I personally feel like it's one of the only reasons I have a business too, because I'm, I'm just always connecting people and referrals okay. are much bigger than I expected them to be. And okay. I don't think that I would still be here if I didn't have a community. Like I would be wanting to go back to work. Okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. There are a lot of times when I miss working in an office, it's because I miss being around people and having that like in-person community um so that's a fair point and you do I feel like you do a lot more than I do you do a lot of like in-person meetups which I yeah sometimes they just drive they they sometimes stress me out and that like it takes me away from my routine and my schedule and Mm. like I have to like slow down and go hang out with someone and like it's so important for your business. We're not talking about community. We need to save this for the next time we meet. Let's um, switch. Okay. Yeah. So let's switch to the investments. I want to hear about your trip to France. I want the people, the community to know about your trip to France. 
Um, the highlights, about the lowlights. An investment. I know. Right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was like one of our, was one of our points. So, I mean, right. we've said this is going to be a warm up, but we're kind of already diving into it. Because yeah. um, we talked about the difference between investments in your business and investments in yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this was a, a self investment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was gone for a little over two weeks. I went to a bunch of different cities. I flew in and out of Paris. Um, I like Paris. It's lovely. It reminds me a lot of how people feel about New York when they're like, oh my gosh, New York is like the only city to be in. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like this city that has its own personality and its own history. And when people say like, I love France or whatever, they're always thinking of Paris. Like, right. I think people assumed I was going to spend two weeks in Paris and I was like, no, no, I, that's not what I'm going for. Yeah. Um, so uh, I feel like Paris very much has its own personality. I have done Paris and I liked it, but that's not really why I was going. So I got in and out of Paris pretty quickly. Um, I went to Lyon, which I fell in love with like as soon as I got there. Uh, and then I went to Marseille, which I didn't like as much. And then Bordeaux and then Tours, which was a last minute, like literally the night before I had to check out of my hostel and I was like, I don't know where I'm going. I guess I'll go back to Paris for a few days. And I was like literally looking at Google Maps, zooming in at the, at the like distance between uh, Bordeaux and Paris and like trying to find cities along the way. And I was like, oh, what's this little place in tour? That seems fun. Oh, okay. Like, let me go there. They have a river. Like I can stay at this hostel. And um, it was the best part of my trip. It was like the best stop. I had the most fun. Um, I just, I just, it was the best. Um, so I traveled for a little over two weeks by myself, which was incredible and also super hard. Mm -hmm. Um, I am introverted, so I love being on my own, but I also had like no one to talk to because my French is not great. Yeah. (laughs) and I like I can communicate I can get around I can be fine but like it's not conversational and a lot of the cities that I was going to the people who were there weren't necessarily international tourists they were other French people who were traveling from like other parts of the country so a lot of the people in my hostels spoke French and I didn't really have anyone to speak to and I could have practiced my French a little bit more but there's a there's a huge like I don't know. I Jess, do you speak any foreign languages? No, I mean, I took like, I'm the typical, I took like four or five years of Spanish, but mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't have anywhere to practice it. So yeah. it just kind of disappeared. I was like pretty good at, at understanding and reading mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. My Spanish accent is non-existent. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, but I've always wanted to learn. And re- recently I've been wanting to learn Italian. I've been watching some, mm. like there's like, um, there's a Netflix show out right now that's Italian with like uh, um, uh, subtitles. And mm-hmm. so I'll yeah. read the subtitles and listen. And I'm like, this is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, so maybe one day. But I know it gets harder too as you age. Like your brain literally like it's harder to learn languages. Okay. So yesterday you and I were talking and I was like, I'm reading this book. I want to tell you about it. But then I was like, no, I'm going to wait for the podcast. Today. Yes. So I'm okay. going to tell you about it now. Okay. Um. So I am listening to this book right now. It's called Beginners by Mm. Tom Vanderbilt. And so I had listened to this podcast episode about it from uh, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, which is Outside Online, Outside Magazine's podcast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I like some of the best content I've ever 
like consumed has been from outside online, outside magazine and outside podcast. So they interviewed Tom Vanderbilt about this book that he's writing about the benefits of being a beginner. And I started listening to it while I was traveling and he talks about like all of the like physical and mental benefits of learning. And he talks about like how babies learn and he, for the book, he like sets this experiment for himself where he, um, he's going to learn a few new skills. He's going to like learn how to play chess. He's going to learn how to sing and he's going to learn how to surf. And it's so inspiring, especially I love it as a person who loves to learn. You would love it as a person who loves to learn. Um, talk about like investing in yourself. He talks about all of the, like he, he mentioned, um, there's this one fact that he includes about how Nobel, uh, prize, Nobel peace prize winners. Um, how recipients of the Nobel peace prize are, um, have like some other skill. I don't know if it was like playing the piano or playing chess or something like that. And he was talking about the correlation between, being a person who achieves and having this additional skill that they might not be a professional at, but Mm. the importance of having a skill in another area of your life and how it enhances your ability to do your job or your career path or whatever. And I've seen that myself firsthand with like, with fitness, with really any of like the other interests that I have, how, moving my body or being passionate about fitness or yoga or hiking or the outdoors or paddling makes me a better designer. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's always felt like um, I don't put all of my eggs in one basket. Like to, to that feels super like you. Southern, I have a super Southern <laughs> saying like, you know, but like if you think about like if you are a designer, full stop, like your entire life revolves around design and all you do is design and all you do is think about design and all you do is follow design accounts. And all you do is when you're, when you have your free time, you're like painting or you're creating or you're making or something or whatever. And if you get burnout on design, that's your entire world. And say you're like dating a designer or you're married to somebody who works in like, that's your entire world. And if you have a hiccup in that world, you don't have anywhere else to escape to to kind of like sort out whatever's going on in the design world. Whereas for me, when things when I was working in an office and things would get stressful at work, I could go be on the river and it would just like help put everything in perspective and having like an outlet as something else to to activate a different part of your brain. Um, So I think that's that kind of all ties into like investments and uh, he talks about learning a new language and how the best way to learn a language adults learn by um, like learning grammar and learning the rules and babies learn a new language by talking. And that's the most effective way to learn a language. Uh, But it's very hard and it requires failing and being uncomfortable. And so I, Took myself through like a two week intensive course of just being uncomfortable and being lonely. And I got really angry at times where I was like, this is so dumb. Nobody will talk to me like I'm alone. And like I got real cranky about it. But I also think that like it was super helpful for me to like sit with that anger and be like, well, why are you so angry about this? And like, 
also what's the worst thing that can come from being angry? Like just well, deal with it. Cause I think here, if I was here in the States, I, there's a million things I could have done to distract myself. Mm-hmm. I could have gone to the movies. I could have read a book. I could have gone and hung out with friends. I could have gone to a bar. I could have gone paddling. I could have done a workout. I could have talked to someone. And when you're traveling by yourself, you don't really get to do that. You just kind of have to sit with your feelings and your thoughts and it is uncomfortable, but I love that sort of shit. So for me, it was great and I had a lot of fun and parts of it were really hard and parts of it were incredibly rewarding and they were probably more rewarding because it was so hard. Yeah. So that was France. So that was me for the last two weeks. What were you up to for two weeks? Wow. Uh, two weeks ago. I think two weeks ago I was feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up doing like an impromptu hike and just like feeling really good about like where everything was. And then it was like the week before my period, which mm-hmm. I have no shame in talking about that. I feel like <laughs> I feel like like a year ago I was so uncomfortable talking about some of that stuff and I, I didn't. Yeah. But the more research that I do in it, I'm like, why aren't we fucking talking about it? Like, <laughs> why does 50% of the population have to pretend that all of that stuff doesn't exist? So anyways, um, I then it just like thing after thing after thing. And like, we can say it's Mercury in retrograde. We can say <laughs> it's like the week before my period. We can just say that whatever the fuck happened, it was just like all at once. Like my car mm. broke down. Like my, my partner got food poisoning. Like mm. it was just like... <laughs> So much shit, I like tweaked my back. Um, but in between that, I speaking of like France is similar to New York in terms of like the love for city, I did a day trip to New York City and I went to yeah. this amazing place that I feel like we should, I'll definitely have to share some photos of, on it, but it's called The Color Factory and it's essentially an immersive experience all about color, which again, as the fucking colorful Jess, like obviously <laughs> I was like in heaven and I went with one of my good friends and it was like two years in the making of trying to make this trip work because we had planned it for March, 2020. And it was literally like two weeks after like New York city shut down. And I was like, well, maybe (laughs) (laughs) Angie was pregnant at the time. And it was just like that whole, like it was so uncertain at that time. Um, but yeah, so, uh, that's kind of what's been going on for me. Um, and then yesterday, you and I got to do that site visit for a new project, which might be yeah. fun for a mural. Yeah. So I think that like we just we I feel like you and I have always kind of talked about investments because I think one of the reasons that we got closer was because we both were in this like therapy coaching world and healing our shit and realizing that that means investing, whether it's in books, whether it's in like whatever it is, you know, I will agree with you to an extent, but I will say that you were more into that than I was. For and sure. I, I got into it because of you. Oh, and, look at that. <laughs> and I don't know. Since then, you've definitely invested in like your yoga teacher training and yeah, some other I, coaching yeah, meditation I guess. Yeah, things. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, a lot more of the investments I've made have been a lot more personal. I feel like you've done a lot more sure. investing in your business. Mm-hmm. Um, Although I think that's where, and what we are going to talk about this, but like sometimes investing in your business is investing in yourself. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, like I think I, I think it was, mm, I, I think if we're looking at 
if we have a spectrum in front of us and we have uh, people who are really into coaching on one end and people who are absolutely against it and think it's a scam on the other, <laughs> Jess is on one end and I'm probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. At the, in the beginning, I would yes. I would not say that that's where we're at now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say maybe that's where we started. Yeah, yeah, because you don't feel like you're there on well, that end of the spectrum anymore. Yeah, I I think where I feel is that it's so much dependent on what you need. Yeah. So I think that sometimes, so sometimes you... you invest in things, and it was an experiment, and it didn't work out how you wanted it to, but it doesn't mean it was a bad investment. Do you feel like you, in the beginning, you were uh, making a lot more investments in your business and now you've moved more towards making a lot more investments in yourself? Mm. I think the last two years I was making investments in my self through my business. So think because right. I was my because I I mean I am my business but I'm also recognizing that I get to separate that mm-hmm. where like I don't have to always be on <clears throat> yeah. because again that's like my perfectionism showing up where it's like well if I'm not productive then I'm not valuable. Yeah. So I think that there was a I've invested in a lot of coaching but I've also invest, invested in a lot of people who will help me get back my time through mm-hmm. my business. So doing okay. things like uploading blogs and mm-hmm. writing blogs and, um, you know, helping me come up with social media strategies mm-hmm. or uh, hiring design and painting assistants so I don't have to spend as much time on projects, yeah. those kinds of things. Um, so those, and, and then, of course, coaching. Those are the business investments that you're talking about. Yeah. Would be like outsourcing work mm-hmm. that you... That you can't do, but also sometimes work that you can do. And it's, recognizing that, like, your time is more valuable and you could, if you outsource, the cost of outsourcing some design work to an assistant, even though you could have easily done it yourself, is sometimes worth it, mm-hmm. is, is a worthwhile investment so that you can focus on, like, the bigger picture things. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. So and you're I, talking about like those kind of business investments. Yeah. Like marketing expenses, those kinds of mm-hmm. things. Um, in, in people too. Yeah. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. There are also educational components that I invested in where it was mm-hmm. like, or like software and um, uh, like online systems that I've invested mm-hmm. in too. But all of it was like, help me get back more time. And yet at the same time, like I've definitely invested a lot in a lot of things that didn't work out how I wanted them to either. So it was like, okay, I tried it. Like Pinterest. Pinterest, oh, yeah. I invested yeah, in. And I really was like, I'm gonna, I, that's how I found coaches through Pinterest. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, if we're talking about my clients mirroring me, that's how they can find me. And I tried it and it wasn't working for me. And it's also yeah. a long game sometimes, but mm-hmm. like that long game can rack up to a couple thousand dollars. And like, sometimes yeah. it's like, where do you want your efforts to be? So mm-hmm. I think, um, I was listening to this podcast the other day from the profit lovers, and we will link that episode in the show notes because I think it's really good. And she was talking about when business growth is bad. So if okay. you are not actually growing your profit, if you are just like spending as much as you're making, mm. which is where I was in a lot of aspects for the past two yeah. years, um, 
then that is not the same. So I think there is this level too of like, yes, sometimes it takes money to make money. So you Mm -hmm. have to invest to make more money. However, there are levels to it. So if you're just investing in things and you're racking up credit card debt pretty quickly and you have no way to fucking pay that off or it's going to take a year and a half for you to pay that off, maybe now isn't the time. And that's like the opposite of what I want to say. (laughs) But in our capitalist society, it is like, if you can't afford rent, there's only so many things. If you don't have the, 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 I think it's actually perfect that we um, reorganize these because if you don't have the community support, right? Mm-hmm. Or let's say even like talk about other forms of support. Let's say you're like, I want to invest in all these things. Um, and I, I think back to uh, You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero, mm-hmm. how she was like, mm-hmm. I spent $80,000 on coaching and I uh, had to sleep on like my sister's couch, right? Yeah. Not everyone has that support system. Not everyone has a partner. I think about that a lot between our situations. There have been times where Matt has helped me pay mortgage. Yeah. And like, not that I don't have the money, but I would rather spend the money somewhere else. And so I have that luxury. Like that is a privilege in a sense that like, it just worked out that way. I also think that it's important to recognize, like you, you said, you brought up the Jin Sincero example of her spending 80,000. And my knee jerk reaction was I would never. Yeah. I, I thought that too when I read that book. But, and I feel like somebody would, a coach probably, mm-hmm. would try and talk me into it and say, well, that's just your limiting belief. Like you're just not expanded yes. enough. And like somebody would somebody would say like, my reaction comes from a place of like, oh, I I don't think that I could spend that much. But what I am learning, and I learned this through travel and also through life, is that, like, everybody gets to make their own decisions and everybody gets to decide what's important to them. And so, for me, at the current place that I'm in in my life right now, I would not spend that much money, even if I had it, Hmm. on coaching. I have gotten a lot out of coaching and if I had money, if I had $80,000 or if I, you know, had the opportunity to go after something like that and stay on my sister's couch, which would be great because I love my sister and she's got a ton of kids and they're fun to hang out with. And I've also got a couple of sisters and I've got a couple of brothers. So I've got a couple of couches I can crash on. Um, but I think it comes down to like what your priorities are. Mm-hmm. So talking about investments And you said earlier, you were like, oh, well, you've invested in like yoga and like in meditation and things like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that's true. But I wouldn't think of those as investments, but they are. Why? And they've they've paid off because it doesn't um, it doesn't go back to my like career. Mm. Like it, it goes to something that I am interested in and I am passionate about. But. I I guess if you tie it to if you make the distinction that there are different kinds of investments there are investments in your business and there are investments in yourself yeah it's a self, it's an investment in myself therapy is an investment in yourself um I see investments too for the most part as like money and time oh, okay so if you think about it in that way too yeah and almost like I think that the return on investment doesn't always have to be money though 
Oh, like, that's so true. Right? Like yoga teacher tra- Like sometimes it's not tangible. That's what's yeah. so hard for me about being a coach because yeah. I can't always say, well, you're going to make $10,000 by taking this course or you're mm-hmm. going to book 20 projects because you worked with me for 60 minutes. Yeah. It's so intangible. It's like, I'm going to help you work on your perfectionism. And yeah. how do you put a price on that? Yeah. Right. Like how do you, everyone's about to your point, priorities are so different. Mm-hmm. And because we are focusing on like this question of the, the ethics of coaching in a way, a lot of people prey on that. There are a lot of yeah. people out there who are like car salesmen when it comes to coaching because they yeah. see this like high ticket, high dollar thing. It is the current thing. There's, I mean, you all have probably seen it on Instagram. Like there have been some blow ups in terms of some of some coaches. And mm-hmm. it's really important to understand like your priorities and are they practicing what they preach? And like, do you feel good about mm-hmm. investing in them? Yeah. And they, we talked about this too yesterday. Like therapy doesn't give you the answers. Therapy <laughs> helps you work through your past uh-huh. And I see coaching as goal-oriented, working towards your future. They mm-hmm. will give you some answers, but the goal is that you are, they're helping you find those answers and guiding you. Yeah. So if you were to be looking for a coach, that would be something that you would recommend. Yeah. Like, people. what are your goals? Yeah. What, what are what, the outcomes that you want? What are your, what are the goals? What are the outcomes that you want? And like, you should always do like a, an intro call. Um, yes. Yes. Even with therapists. Yeah, I did that with my true. therapist and she was like, this is the first time anyone's ever asked. And I was like, I yeah. think cause I come from the coaching world where I'm like mm-hmm. expecting that it's like a yeah. new service. I would mm-hmm. never book someone for a social media strategy without meeting with them. I would never want someone to book me for branding without having a consultation call first. That would yeah. be like, Right. Circling, circling back to this being a podcast for people who are into vibes. Yeah, uh, I think it's important to know what the vibes are. Like, yes. you got it. You got it. Like, if your vibes don't mesh, then they don't mesh. Let's talk about this for a second because you are introverted. Although I always like, I feel like we're both like ambiverts. Where oh, like yeah, we yeah. need our we need our alone time, which I always thought that I didn't, and then I uh-huh. would get like grumpy and like have outbursts and I was like maybe it's just because I need to be alone (laughs) but I've had a lot of people ask me I don't like getting on calls I don't like talking on the phone and I'm always like as a coach as a a... business owner so they don't want to get on a call with clients or they don't clients they don't want and coaches sometimes so it's like they're just like I don't want to ever I don't like face-to-face as much as I like writing or okay. box, like these other forms of communication because right. they're very introverted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one thing that I always say, but I would love to hear your opinion on this too, mm-hmm. is like, well, then how do you like to communicate and finding mm-hmm. those people? If it's through Voxer, great. If it's through a project management tool, great. But like you do need to understand the vibes and you cannot get those from email or texting because that's like half of what's wrong with our society right now is we're just like constantly thinking people are mad at us and they're not. It's just, that's the way that like the text came across. It's like taking it personal. So my thought when you say this Mm -hmm. is um, if somebody were to say this to me and Mm -hmm. they were to say, I don't like getting on calls, I would say, or or they say, I don't like getting on calls because I prefer email. Mm Mm-hmm. 
my first thought is, well, yeah, I mean, who doesn't love sending an email because you can censor yourself. You can write down what you want to say, you can practice it, you can edit it, and you can make sure that it's perfect. So why don't you want to get on a call because you might slip up and, put, and say, and not be perfect and say something, you, like you wouldn't have time to think through what you wanted to say and you wouldn't be able to present yourself the way you wanted to and like there's the potential of being vulnerable. That that goes back to, yeah, definitely vulnerability, but also mm-hmm. you not ad- being feeling comfortable to advocate for yourself. Right. Like I, I think another question that comes up a lot, which I feel like ties into investments Mm -hmm. is I always like to bring up the investment in a call. So I like Mm -hmm. to, I'm not afraid to talk about money. There was a time where I was, Mm -hmm. but now it's just like, if someone then asks you on a call to um, tell them the price and maybe you don't know because it's more of like a service-based thing, there's like value pricing involved, all these things, you're allowed to say, let me get back to you. Yeah. Right. Like there's like that oh, yeah, part yeah. of it too, where like they don't need, you don't need to have all the answers. The person on the other end doesn't need to have all the answers and kind of giving that space to be like, okay, cool. We can have a follow up. Yeah. Yeah. Understanding that you have the, if you are a person who gets nervous about having a call, understand that like you boundaries are so helpful mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. and and having boundaries and being like okay you know what I don't feel comfortable answering this so I'm going to defer and when I defer I have this blanket statement that I say which is let me get back to you or whatever um I also think that mm, this might be a little bit um not controversial but like I think that there will definitely be people who don't agree with me sure um but if you're a person who doesn't like doing calls or getting on calls first of all you should look for somebody in your if you're looking for a coach and say you're a person and I'm like I don't like doing face-to-face calls well you should definitely find a coach that you feel comfortable with talking to face-to-face like that is that should be your criteria when you're making a list of what you're looking for um and then I would push people to say okay well why do you feel so uncomfortable with getting on a call Is it because you're afraid of being vulnerable? Mm -hmm. And also, (laughs) if we only do the things that we feel comfortable with, why the fuck are we getting out of bed in the morning? Why are we running a business? Like, for me, and this is 5,000% backfired so (laughs) many times, but for me, the moment that I tell myself, Oh, I don't want to do that. Then I'm like, oh fuck. Well, now I have to you go have and to. do that. Mm-hmm. Because like, if if I'm like, oh, I really don't want to do that. Like, something like there's a a shortcut hardwired in my brain where I'm like, oh, that thing that you don't want to do, that's the thing that's gonna make you better. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that's gonna push you to the next level. That's gonna get you what you want. Um, and and you know, to my detriment, like sometimes it's. I've pushed myself farther and harder than I've needed to because I feel like I have something to prove. So like that's on me and that's what I need to work on. Um, but if it's something like having a call and making human connection, like maybe get out of your comfort zone a little bit, like that's what investments are, right? Like getting out of your comfort zone to get to a goal And if you, I think about this a lot, uh, 
and it is i think the first place i ever heard it was like in the fitness dieting world which is super problematic but uh i think about it in a lot of other areas like business and relationships which is if you want something different from what you have you can't keep doing the same thing you've been doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) so to get what you want that you don't have you have to try something new I always say too, because I mean, I definitely was like, I was a shy kid. Mm -hmm. I feel like I only really get loud and obnoxious around people that I know really well. Like I get very uncomfortable and like my face gets bright red and embarrassed. And even if you can't see it, like it does. But I always just say like also practice, practicing builds that confidence because it is about confidence too. Like Mm -hmm. some people, yes, you genuinely don't like getting on the phone, but you that you bring up such a good point that a lot of times it's just discomfort. It's just that they're yeah. not used to it. It's like, I feel like I've known people who like can't order a pizza. And I feel like I used to be that way where I was like, yeah. I'm going to fuck up. Like they're going to make fun of me. They're going to think that I'm an awful human. And it's like, why did I tell myself no. that? Nobody right. Gives a shit. Yeah. And it's, and that's it too. It's like, what story are you telling yourself? And that's the beauty of coaching is that mm-hmm. there is this level to your point some people are like, well, that's your limiting belief, mm-hmm. right? Using those tra- those limiting words, beliefs. that's why you can't afford me. Yeah, that's right. And sometimes it's it's. I just feel like the best advice is like, listen to your intuition, listen to your gut, yeah. listen to yeah. your body. Look at your body language. Are you like closed in, shoulders uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. And then question that discomfort. Yeah. Is it something that you are ready to? move forward with, or are you ready to let it go? Yeah, I think that's where, you know, self-awareness and self-reflection is huge because sometimes you are uncomfortable because it's something new and you've never done it before. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you are uncomfortable because that person is a creep and you are getting bad vibes. So like- Vibes, it comes down to vibes. It all comes down to the vibes. (laughs) And you can't Um, pick up vibes on an email. You can, but you just never know. And you also have to like, I think for me, this has been a huge thing with coaching and knowing when to, um, when to say yes. Uh, like you, you mentioned goals are super important. So Mm -hmm. if I am, if I come across a coach on Instagram or a program or something and they're Mm -hmm. like, you know, doors are closing in three days and whatever. Am I interested and in making this Mm. investment because I actually think that it will help me or because I want them to like fix me or some problem I have? That's not where I thought you were going. Oh, yeah? I thought you were going going with like FOMO. So that marketing yeah, tactic. There's, yeah, there's that. Well, not, no, that's, that's, I think like the, I think of that as like the close the deal sort of thing, which yeah. I've gotten a lot better at like catching myself whenever mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I only have 72 hours. I have to like secure my spot now. Mm-hmm. And then I, I purchase a spot in this course or whatever. And then I immediately, I'm like, regret it. I just spend that money. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but I, I think like. That fixing point. You're so right. Like. Yeah. It, whatever you are investing on, whether it is education, coaching, therapy, whatever it is, mm-hmm. no one can fix you. No one can change you unless you it. want it and you work at it. Yeah. And it, it also, I, I have a friend who said, how about instead of saying it's hard, it's just new. 
kind of replacing yeah. that word hard with new, like yeah. working out, right? Like when you started your fitness journey, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, this is so fucking easy. Like, woohoo, <laughs> I'm so excited. It was like, oh, this is making me feel good. It's really difficult, mm-hmm. but I want it. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't gotten there yet with my <laughs> I think about it all the time. I'm like, I think, I think sometimes too, it's like, let's actually talk about that for a second. Cause I have invested in a, um, a private coach. I had a friend, an accountability buddy. I find accountability helps with investments okay. a lot. Okay. And this was years ago and mm-hmm. I didn't stick with anything because I was like uncomfortable, all this stuff. Um, but, oh my God, where was I going with this? <laughs> What kind of, what kind of private, co- what kind of, like a, a business coach? Uh, no, a fitness or like coach. A, a fitness, fitness coach. Okay. Fitness okay. Coach. Yeah. I, did, I thought that's where we were going, but I wasn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fitness so like coach. a personal yeah. trainer. A person. Thank you. I knew there was a word for this. <laughs> <laughs> they do call them coaches too. I mean, I feel like that's Sometimes. where, I feel like that's where the word coach, like in the sports industry is like where it began. When I was really thinking well, yeah. about is coach the word I want to use because it has such strong connotations of like people are like well coaching isn't real that's been a argument right it's like well Mm -hmm. it's not real or they're taking advantage of you or they're not Mm -hmm. therapists so they're hurting you and there are some coaches out there that do fucking do that like that is totally valid and I was like well but at the end of the day if you think about a football or soccer coach or baseball coach what they're there to do is like lift you up guide you help you Mm. Right. And so I like really liked it as a word. That's like why I decided that that was the word that I was going to choose as the colorful gems. You know, what's so funny is I've never made that connection. And I, yeah. I, grew, I grew up playing sports. <laughs> like I never, I, you never, you never look at like the sports coaches that you had in high school and you're like, well, what are your qualifications? I mean, obviously like they had some qualifications, like they have to know the sport a little bit and like, they have to be like able to work with children. So they have to pass background checks and, you know, like depending on like what level they're coaching at. But you think about like all of the dads who coached their daughter's soccer teams, like what kind of qualifications did they have? Okay. None. So you make a good point too, um, that I heard. And I think it resonates with the coaching industry. A lot of, I'm going to use football as an example in the NFL, okay. a lot of NFL players do not retire and become coaches because coaching is a completely different skill. Yes. It's not like, okay, yes, you know how to play the game, but do you know how to coach people to play the game? That is different. And so I feel like there are a lot of people and I have, have been in that position too, where I'm like, okay, well I did it. Mm -hmm. Now I can help someone else do it. And so I've transitioned and transformed a lot of how I've coached because I'm like, well, sometimes that is enough and sometimes that is not enough. Yeah. Sometimes there are additional things. The other reason that a lot of people think coaching is a scam is because it's unregulated. So anyone can become a coach. Yeah. But also anyone can become a designer. So now are we getting into imposter syndrome and like putting like uh, limits on things that don't need limits? Like where is the line too? I don't know. I mean, I think some limitations are good, but I agree. I will say there can be really good, really helpful coaches and there can also be bad coaches and unethical coaches, mm-hmm. just like there can be bad and unethical therapists. Like mm-hmm. Lennon Doyle mm-hmm. has a story about um, her therapist that she had when she was considering getting divorced from her husband. Yes. Um, and I, I use that, that example. Story. 
I yeah. use that example because she's talked about it and she's very public about it. So it's not like I'm using my own personal example or somebody else's like that is a, a public story that is out there. And that is the story that she has told. And I think of that example where I'm like, yeah, like there are some people who I got advice from when I was younger who probably loved me or who did love me a lot, but like they didn't give me the best advice because they weren't the right person for me. And you can get that from your parents. You can get that from uh, teachers. You can get that from authority figures at your school, like school counselors. Mm -hmm. You can get that from therapists. You can get that from anyone because people are people and people mess up at the end of the day. Yeah. And so what, what you need to look out for when you are thinking about making an investment in yourself, when you are thinking about hiring a coach is what are your goals what are your priorities? What is important to you? Mm-hmm. And what are the vibes? And I think that's, recognizing, yes, all of that. That's what it comes back to. What are the vibes? Recognizing how you like to communicate mm-hmm. and how you are sold to, mm-hmm. I think is also huge. So, and I'll give you the the example that I use is like, I want to know everything in the program. I want to understand what I am getting because I am very analytical in that way. And that's what I provide for my clients as well, where I don't want to get in halfway through a program. And then the coach decides that they're switching up the entire curriculum because just willy nilly, that's not enough of security for me. And I'm not trying to spend money on something that like the coach isn't sure about. I mean, that's kind of what it comes down to is like they decided to change their mind, but like, why are they changing their mind? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that there's a, a comfort level with all of it. I also think it, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, some people are really scared to spend $100 on a therapy session or coaching. Mm-hmm. And some people are totally fine with spending $10,000 on it, right? And yeah. so there is a level of like, what is your money story? Is that holding you back? And what are you mm-hmm. prioritizing and where are you comfortable spending where you won't feel like you're going to go into massive amounts of debt? Because that is, I think there's a lot yeah. of people in that boat right now because yeah. coaching really took off during the pandemic, in my opinion. And, and kind of before that. I think it was already that. on the rise. I think it was on the rise. I think it was on I, the rise, but but having people shut in and only having access to the internet and a lot of people had to turn from traditional means of income therapist and therapists were full like Mm, therapist schedules were full because of the pandemic so I think there was some of that too I know there's going to be like so many books and studies on this I'm so excited for that one day (laughs) um and you're going to be a part of it (laughs) and you played a role (laughs) yeah yeah I um Oh, uh, so I was a person who my money story, as we've talked about, very different from yours. Mm -hmm. I am Mm -hmm. a lot more frugal, I think, when it comes to to spending my money. But even then, that's that doesn't feel true to say that I'm frugal because that makes it sound like I'm almost like uh, wise with my money. And I would not say that. I think I'm very chaotic with my money. Like I will go from spending absolutely no money to like acting like I have all of the money in the world and spending it willy nilly. I'm, I'm uh, very dysregulated when it comes to how I spend my money. But I 
would, um, I would think nothing of like a $20 investment, right? But I would get really anxious about like a $500 investment. That's Mm. far too much. And we talked about this when we were talking about how much money I made and we were talking about taxes and stuff Mm -hmm. and seeing all of these things add up when I like looked at my accounts and being like, oh, I thought I spent so much money on studio stuff and furniture and and furnishing the studio. And really, I only spent like 300 bucks. It was a couple of really big purchases. But honestly, I spent more money on like stickers and stuff because Mm -hmm. I spent 20 or $30 every single time I placed a new order for a sticker. And that adds up. So you think like I could make this one time $500 investment or I could make 10 much smaller investments, but yeah. some somehow those smaller investments don't feel as scary, but that shit can add up and that can create debt that kind of sneaks up on you. So I think, um, I don't know. I was just, I was very afraid of spending money I was very afraid of investing in myself and you were a person who was like invest in yourself invest in yourself invest Mm -hmm. in yourself Mm -hmm. and so I was like okay I guess this is what I have to do and I was hearing it from a lot of other places too Mm -hmm. not just you but like in podcast interviews in uh TED talks in books you hear a lot of uh entrepreneurs and business owners credit their success of going from somebody who's doing this casually on the side to somebody who is making six seven figures someone who is um building a huge business a national international business they credit that success and that making that jump to the next level because they hired a coach Mm -hmm. and so I was like okay this is what I have to do if I want to get to the next level and I hired a coach and she was great she was phenomenal she was not for me and I learned so much from her and she was not the coach for me I think there's also something there to be said for that coach might have been for you two years prior. So it's also a big thing to be said about timing. Yeah. Right. Like a coach might resonate with you and then the next year they don't. Yeah. There's well, I mean, to be said I think I, that. I think it was like, even while I was coach, I was being coached mm. by them. I was like, I, I was asking questions and I was like, what about this? And what about mm-hmm. this? And they were able to answer like, part of my questions. But I I also think that like I went in not knowing what I needed. And then I got in there and I was like, oh, I actually need a little bit more here. And this person might not have been the best for me because they can't support me in these ways. So do you regret the investment? No. Right. Because you learned something. Yeah. Even if it was of your own accord. I was, I think I told that to um, Lucy. Do you remember Lucy? She'd reached out to me on Instagram, and we're friends now. Uh, Lucy, I can't remember her last name. Lucy, Lucy draws something is her Instagram handle. She's great. She's phenomenal. I'll like share her in our stories. Like she's this phenomenal illustrator uh, out of. She just moved to Raleigh, North Carolina, and she reached out to me, and she was like, "Hey, can we have a call?" And I'm like, "Sure, why not?" It was during the pandemic. I was like, "I'm happy to talk to anybody." And she was asking me questions about like, how do you know? when it's time to make an investment, how do you know if it's a worthwhile investment, whatever. And I told her this and I don't remember saying it at all. And then she like Mm -hmm. invested with this coach and then she came back and she was like, thanks so much for telling me that thing that you told me. And I was like, what thing was that? (laughs) Um, But I said something along the lines of like, you never regret any investment in yourself because you always get something out of it, whether it's what you thought Mm -hmm. or what you 
you didn't know you needed or you learned kind of a really hard lesson, whether it's like a colossal failure, Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, cool. That was a disaster. And it was a disaster because I didn't have good boundaries and that's on me. Yeah. And I let that person push me around or take advantage of me or push me into something I didn't want to do. And then you know better for next time. And, and you I, can't you can't buy that experience. You can't no. like the only way you get that sort of experience is by going through it. And I think that's the the struggle with coaching versus therapy because sometimes you don't know that you don't have boundaries. When I mm-hmm. hired a coach, I I did not have boundaries. Mm-hmm. I didn't know mm-hmm. what I and it was hugely transformational for me. And then it kind of things shifted. And I learned more and I felt like I could advocate for myself more. And I felt like um, I didn't always agree with all the practices that they were doing. Mm -hmm. And that's okay too, right? Like I outgrew that relationship. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of a part of the community conversation as well. But like, again, it, it is so much about, you know, your own evolution and your own sense of like self-awareness and reflection and getting out of it what you need. Right. And so, and also like, as you said, like those people, the therapists and coaches are people too. They're humans too. And you're a human and you're going to fuck up and you're going to make business investments that you don't like, you aren't happy with. Yeah. And that's okay. (laughs) Like, you know, as long as, as long as you're not like going to like massive amounts of debt, you're not hurting anyone. Like, those failures and those mistakes are important and they are essential to growing your business and you are going to make them and you should make them. You shouldn't maybe like go out looking to make them, but like right. when they happen, cut yourself some slack. Know that it is an important brick in the foundation of building your business. Cut yourself some slack, set new goals for the future and then move on. And to your point about hurting people and massive debt, those are also lessons Sometimes we hurt people without knowing that we hurt people, right? Mm-hmm. And like that, as long as you can recognize that, I personally, mm-hmm. like I do feel like I, I want to gravitate towards people who are more aware than than doing that. But sometimes you just don't know. They don't show you that side. So you don't even yeah. know that that's like what's happening. And then the massive debt thing, again, you only learn that once or twice, right? <laughs> like you're, you're going to learn it and you're never going to fucking do it again. And like, yeah. I have a friend right now who's openly talking about it. And I think that it's great. Yeah. Like she is openly talking about how much she invested in this coaching program. And it is phenomenal to have that transparency and to talk about it. So mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of the next step too of investments is like these people in our industries talking about the investments that they made, how they helped them and what they would have done differently or what to look out for or the lessons there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and the uh, keep in mind, all of that is coming from their perspective. So like the lessons that they learned were their lessons. And, you know, you have to ultimately mm-hmm. decide what works for you. Um, I think mm-hmm. that... We will always talk about that. That's what, like our Knowing what works thing. best for you. Yeah. I want to circle back and really like drill in the point that you made earlier about... Um, you only get out of the investment what you put into it. Mm, and mm-hmm. 
I think a lot of people look to coaches because this is how coaches present themselves. They present themselves as I will help fix you. I will help solve this problem that you have that you've been struggling with your entire life. They very much, I have a huge issue right now with um, ethical marketing techniques. I see it a lot Mm -hmm. in the fitness industry. You see it a lot in the coaching industry. You just see it a lot in business. Uh, I have a huge, I can rant for like 45 minutes about ethical marketing. Yes. We're not going to go there. Yes. Um, if anybody has like any resources like books or podcasts or things that they've heard about ethical marketing, I would love to hear more. Um, but I just wanted to say like you, it is so important to realize that no coach is going to fix you. No program is going to fix you. You are going to fix yourself. And these people might uh, give you the tools that help you resolve whatever issue that you're struggling with. However, at the end of the day, the person who's doing the work is you. And coaching is just a tool, just like anything else, just like Adobe software, just like Procreate, just like any tool that's out there, any sort of like accounting software. It is a tool that can help you resolve whatever you need to your issue is, but it's not going to do the work for you. It's not a magic cure-all band-aid fix. Um, and I have a huge issue with coaches who present themselves as being able to do that because that's not real. And, you know, no therapist would do that. No, no, no person can do that. And so yeah. that's, I think, where a lot of people take issues with coaching um, because sometimes people find their way into this industry who do have a lot of experience and who are very, very good at what they do, but perhaps are not the best at making ethical sales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love so much about what you just said. I think that for me as a coach, I have been influenced by the coaching industry at large. And there have things that I, there have been things that I've said, and I'm like not scared to call this out that like were problematic, right? Mm -hmm. Because I am learning as I go. It was a brand new thing for me. And so I think that that's important to recognize too, is like, again, your priorities, right? Do you want someone who's been in the coaching industry longer? Do you want someone who's super transparent? Or are you just like, yeah, I'll believe whatever they say and Mm -hmm. I'll just like see how it goes. I think that's important. And then also when you said about tools, mm-hmm. that is like like big marquee lights for me. Mm-hmm. I realize how much as a coach, my goal is to provide those tools so that when we no longer work together, you still can do this on your own. Because that's mm-hmm. something too that I think there are some coaches out there that are just like, okay, we're going to work together for three months. And then like, bye-bye, see ya. Yeah. Like, hasta la vista. Don't give a fuck about you anymore. And that really, that really irritates me because I'm like, I just spent 5,000, 10,000, whatever it was on you on this relationship. And then you're just letting me go. And that's something too, where, um, you know, in therapy, that's really not how it goes. It's not like, Mm -hmm. okay, we're cut off. You're done. Bye. It's like, I'm going to ease you out of it. And so not all coaches have that, um, understanding and experience and, uh, thing along those lines. And, yeah, just the investment again comes back to like 
How much money are you willing to invest in yourself? Realizing that it is for you, that you get to advocate for you, you get to set boundaries. If you don't like what a coach is saying, you get to talk to them about it. Yeah. Um, I think that there are so many lessons. Again, there are like, we could spend like three hours talking about this. <laughs> we could spend the next like three weeks talking about this. Yeah. But if we want to circle back to the biggest takeaways. Yes. Um, so things to look for when you're hiring a coach or you think you might be ready for a coach. Mm -hmm. How do you know, how do you know when it's a good time to invest? Jess, Mm. what is like your advice? Gosh, that's such a good question. I mean, (laughs) I feel like I invested because I hit a really low moment. Mm -hmm. So I would say before you hit that low moment, right? Mm -hmm. Before you hit that burnout, before you work yourself into the ground before like all these things. I mean, to your point, like a lot of these people were like, I couldn't grow without outsourcing, without hiring a coach, without doing all these things. So it's like maybe taking a look at your schedule and being like, am I just like living to work? Yeah. But again, if that's not, there are coaches for everything out there. Yeah. So it's almost like, I feel like we just need to focus on the business coach side. So it's like it, once you have a goal, or Mm -hmm. a thing that you would like to solve, I think it's Mm -hmm. important to recognize as well that like they're not going to heal it in three months. So Mm -hmm. when I say help heal your perfectionism, I am not saying that you will never feel like a perfectionist. That is a lifelong fucking journey. Mm -hmm. And like, as we talked about, like it, you, you get the tools to start to heal that Mm -hmm. in time. It is not like you are walking away as a, completely different person. No one can change that fast. Yeah. So yeah, I think that it's like look what you are when when you are ready to achieve a goal, when you mm-hmm. feel like you want someone to help hold you accountable. Again, thinking about it in terms of a sports coach. What mm-hmm. is a sports coach? Yeah. Right? They're like there to guide you, to take you to that next level, to help mm-hmm. you with all of that. Yeah. What about you? What do you feel like when it's a good time to invest? Um I mean, I think for me and knowing my personality and how I am like determined to do everything and figure everything out on my own, um, it is probably a little bit harder for me to know when is a good time to invest. Um, but I think self-reflection is a huge um, tool in my tool belt when I look at my business and it's like, okay, this is where I want to go. And I am trying so hard how to get there and I don't know how to get there. And Mm. I start looking around for either people who have gotten there before figuring out how they did it. Mm -hmm. And what I heard from a lot of them was I got a coach Um, or, you know, start looking for tools to help me get to that next spot that I want to be in. So kind of circling back to if I have been doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same results and I want a new result, I have to be willing to try something new. So that's where I might start looking to be like, okay, how can I fill these gaps in my knowledge base? Is Mm -hmm. it outsourcing some of my work? Is it outsourcing some research work so that I can spend more time studying and learning and getting myself ahead and expanding my knowledge base? Is it outsourcing it to an expert who is better at this than me? Is it hiring a coach? Is it like, what sort of work do I need to do? Am I being held back by limiting beliefs? Or 
is it not so much a limiting belief? I just need a little bit of time. Yeah. So figuring out what my needs are, um, checking in with myself, looking back at where my business started and where I want to go next, figuring out what my priorities are. Mm-hmm. Like, do I want to focus more on my personal life? Do I want to have time to travel? Or do I really want to go all in on my business? And that means maybe not traveling and maybe spending more time investing in business coaching or something like that rather than investing in travel. Though I think no investment is ever wasted um, and you can get something out of anything that you do uh, depending on what you put into it. And let's highlight too that it's really important to check in uh, mm-hmm. on, on so many different levels, but like you can also invest too much. You yeah. can also, and, and in a sense, that's almost like, I don't know. I kind of almost see it as like giving away your power in a sense, right? Oh, like yeah. when you're just like, Oh, absolutely. Oh. And, and I did that, right? Like yeah. I invested in every Same. little thing and every, and I was like, I just want to learn from everyone else without realizing yeah. that like, I am knowledgeable. I yeah. can recognize my own worth. I don't need someone else to sit there and help me do that. Oh, absolutely. In my business. I think, yeah, I think that's a huge thing. And I think that's a lesson that I learned last year. I worked with two different fitness coaches, mm-hmm. one at the beginning of the year and then one um, about halfway through the year. And they had two completely different approaches. And I had two completely different goals. The first one had been to lose weight. The second one was to train for this long distance paddle. Both coaches were great. Both coaches helped me accomplish what I wanted to do. And I was so burnt out from working with both of them. And I was like, unhappy and resentful uh towards both of them and that was not their problem that was a me problem Mm -hmm. and I had to look at like okay well why why am I so grumpy why am I so resentful why do I feel like I can't advocate for myself or have boundaries like why am I afraid to tell them that I want more rest why am I afraid to be honest with them and I realized that I was looking for them to tell me what to do Mm. because it felt easier than making the decision for myself and doing trial and error to figure out like you know what makes my body feel good how much do I need to work out like there is definitely something to be said for hiring an expert in if you have fitness goals if you have business goals there's Mm -hmm. definitely something to be said for working with somebody who has been trained to help you accomplish those goals but at the end of the day you have to be careful about not completely outsourcing your decision-making capabilities to somebody mm, else. I love that. That is, um, oh my gosh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, in every capacity too, yeah, right? Yeah. Because then you just become a CEO. You're just in meetings all day. Yeah, when you're when you're outsourcing yeah you lose yeah. a lot of the a lot of the joy that comes from being able to make a decision and being able to own your decisions like mm-hmm. think about think about the joy that you feel when you make something it doesn't have to be for profit doesn't have to be for a client you're just making something right mm-hmm. or like when a kid draws something and they come to you and they're like look at what i made and you're like that's a shit drawing but like it doesn't matter what you say. I mean, it does matter what you say. But, like, that kid feels pride in themselves and what they've created before you ever say anything. And they're looking to you to validate that, and you should. You should never take your own opinion and put mm-hmm. it on someone else. Mm-hmm. But, like, that kid is coming to you, and they are so excited about what they have made. It goes back to balance, right, too. It goes back to balance, but it also – it's very – talk about, like, discomfort. It is sometimes easier to have someone tell you what to do. True. And coaching can be very appealing in that way. Yeah. But at the end of the day, 
if if they should be guiding you more than telling that's true if it's a good coach. So that's right. something to look for when you're looking for a coach. Like how mm-hmm. much are they going to be guiding you and how much are they going to be just <laughs> saying, hey, follow my program and you too can have shredded abs in 10 weeks. Yes. Again, that's more of a teacher than a yeah. coach. The yeah, teacher there's... is the authority figure, the expert. You go to them. A coach mm-hmm. is like a friend, is like someone there alongside you, helping you. That's how I look at it. I don't always pay my friends, so... I, I hear you. I, there is a level. I agree that with that. <laughs> I have liked... I see myself as a coach, mm-hmm. as someone who we will most likely be friends at the end of this. Yeah, when that's our, true. When our working relationship has subsided. Yeah. Or there is just a level of more... Um, we're on the same playing field, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Versus... Uh, yeah. Versus a teacher, I think it's harder to like kind of um, make that jump. That's true. Yeah. So I think it, it depends on, on your personal learning style. It depends. Style yeah, for sure. Like yes. what you're looking for out of your coach. Yes. Um, but at the end of the day, no investment is ever wa- wasted. Yep. Whether you put everything you have into it or whether you only put a little bit into it and then you're disappointed when you get nothing out of it and you realize, hey, I actually didn't put all that much into it. So next time, maybe I should put a little bit more. Um coaching and investing in yourself and in the stock market it's an experiment nobody has a surefire answer and you can learn something from every situation so as long as you are learning and reflecting on on what worked what did it work and what you could do different next time you got some sort of return yeah and i i think that's where um a community comes in really really a lot Mm -hmm. because Again, you know, being able to talk openly about this with people can be helpful because you may be kind of in your own bubble being like, this is fantastic. And then they're like, hey, are, are, are you sure? Are you making all the decisions that you want to make? Or like, what's yeah. happening here? And then also, you know, there again, a balance of like, some people are going to be hypercritical and maybe they don't need to be a part of the conversation in this because they're so against whatever you're doing, whether it, you yeah. know. There, there's so many levels to this. We are only scratching the surface. It yeah. is so much trial and error and determining what you specifically need. And sometimes you don't know that until you do something that doesn't work for you. Yeah, that's true. So on that note, yeah, what is lighting you up this week, Madeline? Um, what is lighting me up this week, Jess? Uh, I am back from France. I am excited to be back. (laughs) I am excited to be home, but it's funny because I'm like leaving again next Thursday for Jolt. So the retreat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to, uh, after Jolt, I'm excited to take the stuff that we work on there and implement it. And I'm excited to kind of like, hopefully get back into some sort of routine. And Mm -hmm. I have made a lot of investment investments in myself this spring in my business and in traveling and in myself and I am ready to kind of like sit still for a minute and let all of that stuff kind of like settle and see what kind of like rises to the top so next week's retreat is a a branding retreat and I want to use some of the stuff that we come up with 
in uh, redefining my brand to work on my wholesale catalog. So I'm excited to mm-hmm. like send that out. I, like I was sitting here in my office today in my studio and I was like, oh, I want to work on the catalog. And it's like, no, hold on. Like, don't spend hours working on your catalog only to go on this retreat next week and decide that you want to change everything about your brand, which oh is my not God. the case. Yeah. But like, don't, you know, like don't get ahead of yourself just because you're like ready to do it. So there's a little bit of patience involved. Um, but I don't know. I'm excited to just kind of be still. I loved my trip. I went a lot. I walked a lot. I was very determined not to waste a single moment, which is uh, a classic Madeline trait where I sometimes overdo it. Um, so I'm excited to sit still and to watch Netflix and to <laughs> uh, speak in English and to drink iced coffee and to eat eggs. Like I am so grateful for my travel and I cannot wait to do it again. And I am already thinking about where I want to go next but I am also so excited to be home and have a routine and just to be able to be still for a minute yeah I yes I feel like back-to-back traveling to or when you travel for a long time Mm -hmm. it's like so nice to just be at home and I consistently recognize that whenever Mm -hmm. I have too much going on I feel like I have uh, seasons like the spring and the fall are times where there's so much going on and I get overwhelmed and I'm like, yeah. all I want to do is like sit outside in the grass and not do shit <laughs> yeah. or like read a book. And like, yeah. I, I always end up not having enough time to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to is, is I did do a lot of, uh, book reading while I was traveling. So that's I awesome. will, I am, I mean, I'm looking forward to reading more books, but I, I, I agree with you. I, and I, a lot of things I was like, you know what? I have to wait until after my France trip, like with work projects and stuff. I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I have to wait until I'm back from France. I have to see what happens after I get back from France. And so now I'm here and I get to see what's happening. You know, I get to, um, I get to, you know, really like focus on my business and see what's making money and see what I need to change and do more outreach and be here for projects and say yes to random little things and, I don't have any travel planned until August and I'm, I'm excited to just be in one spot for two months. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. What about you? What's lighting you up this week, Jess? Yeah. Okay. So what's lighting me up this week was definitely the color factory. Mm -hmm. Um, just like all the color, how beautiful it was. It was just so much fucking fun. And like, there's a ball pit there, right. That I Mm -hmm. talked about. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if I already said this, but like, it was so much inner child, right. It was so much play Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what I need right now. And at the same time, what's also lighting me up is like the friend time that I've been having this week Mm -hmm. because that also is always just really nice to be able to have like long conversations with people Mm -hmm. and not feel like I'm jumping from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, you know? And so again, that like stillness, that slowing, um, I pulled an Oracle card. To be able to have like time and space. Yes, that. So I pulled an Oracle card before this from the um, Worthwhile Paper Inquire Within deck that you Mm -hmm. and I both have. Mm -hmm. And it says, stop and let it all grow around you for a little bit. And has this really cute illustration of a plant. And it's like, yes, that is what I need. So I'm excited for that this weekend. We are recording, by the way, on Friday the 13th. And I fucking love that. Yeah, I I didn't realize it was Friday the 13th. I know. Yeah. I don't really subscribe to superstitions like that. Like I have a black mm-hmm. cat. I'm not like trying, like <laughs> I am a witch. I call myself a witch. Like I don't, <laughs> don't get me started, but 
Um, yeah, I didn't even recognize that it was today, but I love it. I think it's so cool. Um, so. I also pulled a coal card from Ooh. the worthwhile paper right okay. before I, I was meditating. And so you were like, look at what I pulled. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. I also pulled a card. Um, and I got gratitude. Mm. So I think it's interesting that both of us were like, you know, the things that are lighting us up kind of tie into that thing that mm-hmm. uh, that the universe was like, hey. Magic is real. Attention. Yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> um Okay, so next week we will, well, not next week, but in two weeks after this episode comes out, or I don't know, whenever you listen to it, in our next episode, we will be talking about community. Mm -hmm. Um, We're both very excited about it. It is something that is near and dear to our heart. It is basically the foundation on which our friendship started. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like being in this design community is kind of what brought us together. So yeah. Um, we're really excited about that. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, you can find us uh, at at the Badass Roadmap uh, on Instagram, or you can email us at thebadassroadmap at gmail.com. Um, we love hearing what resonates with you, um, and we love hearing like your personal stories about how these things kind of tie back to... Yes. Yes. Um, Feel free, yeah, feel free to DM either one of us as well uh, at The Colorful Jess or at Good Letters Design Mm -hmm. and tell us about your own investing stories and coaching stories. Like we are both, I think, really open and receptive and interested in having those conversations and kind of Mm -hmm. opening the door on that transparency and just kind of understanding where we as business owners can maybe do a little bit better or be more aware I think. And then I personally, as a coach, always want to hear that because I want to know where, you know, I can do better as a coach to like support creatives and designers like you too. So, um, yeah, this is, these are powerful conversations. I'm so glad that we get to have them. I'm so glad that you all are interested in listening to them. And, uh, I can't wait to talk about community too. It's going to be great. Okay. All right. Until next time. Until next time. I like that. That's so cute.